And welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show. And uh, if you're looking for the intro music, I apologize. Something wasn't working here. And the gigantic uh, tech staff that we got working on the program uh, was not able to get it fixed here. Uh, but we do have good internet today, and even better, we have an unbelievable guest today, and that is uh, Coach John Thompson from North Carolina at Wesleyan College. Uh, he is the head coach there. He has been there a long time, but before that lifetime, uh, he was my college coach at Guilford College, and uh, we're going to talk to Coach coming up here in a moment about life, about leadership, about basketball, and, and all of those good things, so um a couple of housekeeping items before we get started uh, i do see some live viewers tuning in here one of the things we're trying to do on the show here is interact with our guests so if you are watching live now please leave us a comment leave us a question and uh, we'll try to get that to coach during uh the show so that is one thing we're trying to do a little bit differently here second i want to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's show uh they're my friends from catskill marketing and um, they're helping me with a lot of things with uh, my program, uh, the book, and, and things like that. So uh, what they offer, Catskill Marketing, is uh, everything a small business needs when they're starting out or when they finally decided to embrace Google and social media. Working with us is always fast, easy, and a hassle-free experience. They offer a wide range of sales and marketing services with a focus on website development. Uh, those are my friends, uh, Matt and Johnny at Catskill Marketing. You can reach out to them, uh, info at catskillmarketing.com. And uh, their number is 845-787-3927. And their website, of course, is catskillmarketing.com. They're today's sponsor of the show. I see my mom is watching. She's our first viewer today. Hey, mom, welcome to the uh, program. And uh, I know you could send, uh, uh, there's only one coach in front of Coach K, and that is your buddy, Coach John Thompson. You could write him a question. So in prepping for the show, I have my, my college basketball coach on the program today, and uh, I got thinking about my time playing hoops at Guilford uh, and the things I learned, the great experiences I had. And I also thought about Coach Thompson, right? I was sold on Coach Thompson from the moment I met him. Uh, going down there as an 18-year-old, 17, 18-year-old, uh, going to North Carolina from um, New York. And it was an instant connection. Um, and, and just the way he treated me, the way he treated my family. And, uh, you know, I was kind of all in. And, uh, you know, we had a great experience together at Guilford. And uh, eventually he did move on to North Carolina Wesleyan College. Uh, but in reflecting on coach and, and thinking about his style and, uh, what he's done uh, in his job and, and what he's done for his players in their lives. I jotted down just a couple of things that I learned from Coach. Uh, number one was have passion. He uh, is a basketball coach through and through. Uh, he's getting ready for practice here after the show, and he gets juiced up, uh, energized. He's into it. Uh, I just remember him being so enthusiastic and some days I wasn't. Some days I was tired and I got there and, man, he, he motivated me when I saw him because he always uh, was enthusiastic and had passion. The second thing, he was authentic. Again, he is uh, trying to get players to come to college. He is helping form their lives and uh, he's authentic. He's honest and uh, 
again, just had a real authentic experience with Coach, and, and I know those players that are going to watch this show say the same thing about him. He's the real deal. Third is he has a wealth of experience. He's been a lifetime coach. Again, spent a number of years at Guilford and then, uh, uh, again, developed a whole new program at North Carolina Wesleyan College, uh, became the athletic director, and, and just you think basketball. He's got orange blood running through his veins because he has so much experience with hoops. Um, additionally, developing relationships. I played in Gil at Guilford from 93 to 97. We're going on a long, a long time ago. And here I am still in touch with Coach Thompson. He remembered a story my mom told him about my due date and when I was born and my name, because he named his son Andrew. Uh, and he remembered that from so long ago. Um, but we've developed a, a great relationship, uh, as I know he has, with, with many of his players. And uh, that leads me to the last point. It's more than just basketball. Coach is a competitor. Coach is, is into it. He is all of, you know, just into the hoops. But at the end of the day, it's more than just basketball. I don't remember all the wins and losses at Guilford, and, and I know he doesn't remember them all either because it was more than that. Certainly on the court in that moment, we were trying to win, uh, but it was more than that. And here's what they write on the North Carolina uh, Wesleyan College website. Thompson places a strong emphasis on player development both on and off the court and in the classroom. His practices are carefully designed, lesson plans that promote hard work, perseverance, self-discipline. In an effort to see his players succeed, he strives daily to promote this message. We work very hard at player development, says Thompson. This consists not only in basketball skills and related education, but classroom, community, and character development as well. And that's true about Coach. When I was teaching in New York City, uh, they were coming up to New York. He brought North Carolina Wesleyan uh, up to New York. We connected. They did a clinic at my school. They met the, uh, the my, my middle schoolers, and, and uh, we had an Italian luncheon. Uh, but that was a great experience for my kids. And uh, again, he was up there to play basketball, but he was developing their character, uh, getting invested in my community as well. So. Uh, just some things about Coach Thompson that came right right away. Didn't have to dig deep for that uh, those things because they're all true about Coach. So again, we see, have some audience tuning in here live. Uh, we're live on Facebook, and uh, if you have a comment, you have a question for Coach Thompson, please put that in there. Uh, we're going to try to interact with our audience here. Uh, my mom is certainly giving you some love here, Coach. She's always a, a big fan of yours. So. All right, well, let's meet Coach Thompson here and bring him into the program. There he is. How you doing, Andrew? Coach, great to see you. Great to see you as well. And uh, a big happy birthday wish to you. You're, you're working on your birthday here. Well, it comes with basketball season, you know. <laughs> your mom didn't know when you were born you were going to be a basketball coach, and uh, you're busy from uh, October to March there. So, but... Uh, thanks for coming on the program, and it, it is great to see you. Thanks. It's it's great to be with you. Coach, you know, you heard my intro. You've been uh, at this now a long time coaching hoops. You've been at North Carolina Wesleyan 24 years uh, you know, coaching. Tell me about the type of program that you've got going on there at North Carolina Wesleyan. Well, let me start by saying you're very kind in your introduction 
but a lot of the things that you said, I think, really sum up what our program is all about. Um, we try to develop a program that has a culture that is long lasting. It's not specific to a team in a season. It's, it's really something that's ongoing. Um, over the weekend, we had uh, a player who graduated in 2010 come in and visit with our team in 2018. Um, and uh, we have a lot of that. We have a lot of guys come back who played years gone by who are still connected with players of today. Uh, we want guys uh, that we call OKGs here uh, in the basketball office. OKG for us is our kind of guy. And clearly we look for good basketball players. We are trying to recruit guys who can help us be successful. Uh, but beyond that, we're looking for the type of individual, uh, much like I looked at you back in uh, the 92, 93 season uh, in high school, um, the guy that was going to fit in with what we were trying to do on the court and off, represent the institution in a certain way, um, wanted to be successful in everything that they do, and um, you know wants to be part of something special. Coach, I, I love it, the OKG, I wrote that down. What are some of the things that you look for in the player? Because you might not, some of those are intangibles, right? Some of those are intangibles. So what are you looking for in those players? I'm a high school principal now, and I'm looking at those characteristics of kids to be successful. So what are some of those characteristics? Well, it, you mentioned that some of those things are intangibles. A lot of them are intangibles. Maybe most of them are intangibles. You, the things that are obvious our height, athletic ability, quickness, shooting ability. We, we all, as basketball coaches, are looking for those things. We're looking at things like uh, after a bad game, uh, how do you speak to your mom, or your dad, or your grandparents? Uh, when you come out of a game, how do you interact with your coach? How do you interact with your teammates? Uh, when an official, I hope this doesn't touch a uh, – <laughs> But if an official happens to miss a call, how do you react to that? Um, if you're wide open and a teammate doesn't throw you the ball, how do you react to that? What's your body language? We're, we're really, really uh, maniacal about body language. Um, and, and there's good and bad. And we, we love to praise and, and reward great body language. And uh, we're a little more harsh on negative body language. But, uh, you know, when I'm sitting in the stands at a high school game, uh, I will quickly try to engage uh, an administrator or a teacher, uh, a fan who may know the player, uh, and say, well, oh, you, you teach Andrew in English. What kind of a student is he? What kind of a kid is he? Uh, I'll check with other coaches in the league who play against him a couple of times a year see what kind of feedback I get uh, from those guys. Uh, we want to get as much information as we can, and we're looking for uh, great people, great students, great basketball players in, in total. And um, we tell our players here, 
all the time. You are evaluated on everything you do. And when I go to recruit a player, he's evaluated on everything he does. Um, if I'm in an AAU tournament in the summertime and I happen to see a kid go to the concession stand, I pay attention. Does he say please and thank you to the person who's waiting on him at the concession stand? Those things are important to me. I love it, Coach, and uh, certainly a reflection of you and the way you carry yourself. Coach, many years ago, you chose to leave Guilford to, to start really a new life, right? And, and you chose North Carolina Wesleyan, and they chose you. Uh, what was it about the college that, that made you make that decision to go from assistant coach to, to head coach? Right. Well, obviously, the number one thing was I was looking to become a head coach. I thought that I had reached a point in my career where I was ready to do that. I'd interviewed for a number of jobs that I didn't get. And um, so I was ready for a move. Um, it was a matter of timing and it was a matter of location and, and the particular school. I was familiar with North Carolina Wesleyan because they'd had tremendous success uh, in the 80s and had some success again in the 90s before I got there. So I knew that it was a place where you could be successful. Uh, I was familiar with the area. Uh, I am a native North Carolinian. So I'm familiar with the area. Um, I was familiar with the league. I thought it was a place that we could compete and have a lot of success. Um, I was impressed by the athletic director at the time. And um, it, it was an exciting move for me. Well, it was a sad move for us. Uh, but again, uh, fortunate to have kept the relationship with you and, uh, uh, you know, stayed in touch with you. Coach, just want to take a pause. We got a bunch of people watching. Uh, again, uh, one of the things we want to do here on the show is is if you have a question or a comment for Coach Thompson, put it on there, and we'll try to see about getting it on the show. Uh, here, don't ask him his game plan for the big game coming up against the Quakers because that's under lock and key. Um, but Coach, back to North Carolina Wesleyan. So you go there uh, in the in the mid '90s, you know. What's made you stay all these years? How come How come there was never a, another job or a bigger job or a better job? How, what made you stay and, and build a career and a home there? Well, it, you know, the older that I've gotten, uh, the fact that timing is so important in any decision. Um, and as you, your family grows, things change. Something that you might do when you're 25 or 28 and single, you might not do when you're 30 something or 40 something and married and then have children. Uh, so that factors in. Your spouse's um, professional pursuits play a role. Uh, I think, you know, we certainly have approached this, my wife, Laura, and I have approached this like a partnership and uh, we've both been uh, professionals and uh, working hard on career things throughout the years and um, factoring all of those things in and knowing that when I began my career as a coach, I did not want to be on a constant move. Uh, I saw a number of coaches um, when I was a younger man move every four or five years. Mm -hmm. I knew I did not want to do that. And Jack Jensen, who was your head coach at Guilford and who I worked for for seven years, 
certainly one of my mentors. Um, I admired what he did at Guilford over such a long tenure. And while I wasn't married to the fact that I would stay here for 24 years and hopefully many more, uh, I wasn't opposed to that coming in. Uh, if, if something took me in another direction, I was open to that. Uh, but I also, I liked the idea of being someplace for a long period of time. I love the fact that we have players come back, as I mentioned before, uh, who now, unbelievable as it is, I have some players who are now in their 40s. Uh, and, and to have those guys come back and still be connected to the players that I'm coaching today and still be connected with me uh, is really a lot of fun. And Wesleyan's been very good to me. They made this a place where I could do what I do in coaching and uh, raise my family. And, and this community has been very good. Well, you've been very good there as well. You in the, got inducted into the hall of fame in 2017 and you're the all time winningest men's uh, hoops coach there. So it seems like it's been a good decision on both sides. Well, I appreciate that. I, you know, uh, accolades like that for coaches come about because you have good players. So I've been very fortunate that I've coached a lot of really good players. Wow. And, and in describing the people you're looking for, that's no accident. Coach, another thing that you did there for many years was uh, athletic director. Uh, you were the AD for 20 years, and, and you recently decided to step away from that. So tell me about that decision here uh, for being there so long to step away for something like that. Right. Well, you can really uh, identify with this. Being the athletic director is a lot like being the principal of a school. And being the coach is a lot like being the teacher in the classroom. And so for 20 years, I was doing both. And uh, the discussion about the separation of the position took place many times over the course of 20 years. And I always felt like for someone to do a great job, whoever that person would be, for someone to do a great job of being the athletic director, uh, they needed to be a fully dedicated athletic director who that was their complete and total responsibility. And so it was a matter of when the college was ready to make that move. And so last year around January or so, um, we, we kind of made that decision together that uh, the college would move in that direction Knowing that uh, there would be a full-time athletic director and then there would be a full-time coach, I wanted to be in the classroom with the students. And, uh, you know, everybody impacts people in, in education in different ways, but I really like being hands-on with the students every day, being able to put my hands on them in the classroom and, and impact them in that way um, more than I enjoy the administrative side. I learned to enjoy the administrative side, although I had never really envisioned myself as an athletic director when that happened to happen to me. Uh, but that, that's kind of how that went. Well, and to go back to the opening concept, you can learn how to uh, turn budgets in on time and, and uh, you know, paperwork and that kind of stuff. But it's hard to learn those things that we talked about that you bring in your classroom about the passion 
the authenticity and developing those relationships. Uh, those are things that 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 you brought to the table, and uh, you know, so I can I can understand that. And your comparison to principal and teacher is a pretty good one. Yeah, coach. You know, and so one of the things again, not being AD and just just the coach, uh, has that provided you some more time? Uh, you have less commitments in terms of AD to to be with your family because uh, today's your birthday, but I know you got a real important hoops game to be at tomorrow. Well, I do. So tomorrow's important hoops game is my 16-year-old son Jackson, uh, who has his first high school game tomorrow of the year. Um, so yeah, I hope that it's allowed a little more family time. Uh, that's always important. It's always a little more difficult during the season, uh, but that is certainly one of the things I hope uh, happens with this. I hope that it means more time with family. I hope that it means more time with my players. Uh, I hope that it means more time uh, focused on being the best basketball coach that I can be. And tell me about that time, coach. I mean, uh, time is precious and, and trying to do great things. How do you find that balance in your life in terms of balancing the time to, to get to the spots that you need to be, not only for a head coach, your family, and yourself personally? Right. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to what we try to teach our players and probably what you're trying to teach the kids there is number one is time management. You know, what are you, what's at the priority list? What's at the top? What's at the bottom? And how do you piece those things together? And how do you make effective use of your time? Uh, so that's number one is simply time management. And then you have to really, I think, uh, you have to make time. Uh, you have to figure out, I'm, I'm not going to make new time. I'm not going to add hours to the day, uh, but uh, you have to be willing to carve out time uh, for the things that you need to do, whether that's family time or whether it's work-related. Um, you know, you, you've got to be the one who's in charge of that schedule. Well, and you did that here for me to, to come on the show and uh, uh, even changing it to be able to make sure you're at that game tomorrow. I got a lot of respect for you, and I, and I appreciate in season to be able to get you here because I know uh, your time is precious. So I, I do thank you for that. Well, I appreciate you having some flexibility there, so, uh, being at his first game tomorrow, because during basketball season, since I'm in basketball. He's in basketball. I'm not going to make all of his games. So the fact that I can make tomorrow on opening night, that's important. That'll be hard to turn off the coaching lens and, and look at it a little differently, won't it be? It, you know, I, I don't turn off the coaching lens. Yeah. Um, I probably turn off more of the fan lens. Um, I had an AAU parent uh, where my son was playing this summer ask me, how are you so calm during all these games? Because I don't really say anything. I don't, I don't applaud. I don't do anything. I just watch. Um, and so I watch as a dad and I'm proud and excited. I'm, I enjoy watching my son, but I'm also looking analytically as a coach and I will um, offer helpful advice uh, when I can. <laughs> Coach, if, if you look at the stuff that you put out on uh, social media and you talk to your players, 
you know, you, you, you talk. It's great. It's great stuff. Who are some of the people that that you kind of look up to as a coach or try to model your way of? Hey, when I'm when I'm running my own program for 20 years, this is how I want it to be. Or because uh, you've done that. Now. So, who are some of the people that have helped you form your opinions and experiences along the way? Right. Well, we, you know, truthfully, we could probably do a whole show just on that. Yeah. I've been very blessed uh, to be around some great people. The first coach involved with as I was getting into the coaching profession was Mike Krzyzewski and uh, certainly modeling anything after his program would probably be a good idea. Um, he's been very helpful to me. He's a good friend and, and I appreciate that. But another Hall of Fame coach, John Chaney, um, I went and worked his camp uh, Early in my coaching career, I think it was the first year I was in coaching, I was watching Temple play on television. I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw his teams do, but I liked the way that he interacted with his play. I didn't know him at all. Um, I picked up the phone and called Temple and said, do you have a summer camp? Yes. I come work? Yes. And Coach Cheney became a great friend. Uh, was very helpful to me. Uh, Pete Gaudet who was an assistant to Coach K at Duke University and has been uh, numerous other places overseas. He was the head coach at West Point. Uh, he's been on the women's side at Vanderbilt and Ohio State. Uh, great teacher of the game. Very helpful to me. Um, and the list goes on. Billy Donovan, when I was fortunate to work with the U18 team with USA Basketball, Billy Donovan was the head coach. Very helpful to me as well. There are lots of coaches uh, who Jerry Wainwright, the former head coach at Wilmington, UNC Wilmington, Richmond, and DePaul University, most recently the associate head coach out of Fresno State. Um, lots of guys. Coach Jensen, who I mentioned before, who was your head coach. I was with him for seven years, and I lost my dad when I was in college. So Coach Jensen was just enough older than me it was kind of like a second father, mm. but yet we were close enough in age that we were colleagues and, and he was a coaching mentor to me and he's a hall of fame coach as well. Uh, I've been very fortunate to be around some really outstanding people. And with all, like I'm a combination of all of those things. And at the end of the day, I think you have to be yourself. Like if I try to be Coach K or John Chaney, I don't think that works. But if I can take what I learned from all of those guys and many more, Mark Simons, the first head coach that I ever worked for, Jim Berkman, I worked for as an assistant coach at St. Lawrence University before I went to Guilford. Um, you know, guys who, young guys today, uh, Nate James and Chris Carwell are two assistant coaches at Duke today that are influential uh, in my career. I, I love their energy and passion and their uh, interest in teaching the game, I think, the right way. Um, there are lots of really good people out there, and um, yeah, I learn from all of them, and I'm very fortunate to spend time uh, with any and all of them. Well, the first two guys you mentioned, uh, I certainly would say your intensity and your uh, you know, enthusiasm is there uh, of those two guys, the fiery fieriness of them. Well, uh, 
you know, I think, again, you are who you are and you, and you need to be who you are. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, whether it's through time with other coaches or through observation, through reading, whatever, uh, you know, I'm just constantly trying to get better. I hope I'm a heck of a lot better coach today than I was 24 years ago when Wesleyan hired me. Uh, I hope I'm a better coach than I was last year. Tell me about that, Coach. What are some things that you do to continuously sharpen the saw to kind of get better every year, right? You're trying to improve yourself to be better for others. So what are some things that you do personally to sharpen your saw? Right. Well, some things you can do in the confines of your own office or your own home. Um, I try to read, um, you know, social media, uh, a couple of guys I love on social media, Eric Musselman, the coach at uh, Nevada. Yeah. Good on social media. Great stuff. Uh, Gordy Chieta, who's a New York guy, former coach at Manhattan, uh, who's been with the Utah Jazz and a number of other NBA teams. Great stuff on social media. YouTube is an incredible resource. You can find lots of good information there. You can find some less good as well. But if, if you're interested in becoming better, there's stuff out there. But I'll tell you what I love to do is spend time with other great coaches. And uh, for instance, in late September, I took a trip to Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. Um, because I wanted to get better. So uh, I went up and I spent a couple of days uh, where I was at the Philadelphia 76ers training camp. Then I spent time with Fran Dunphy at Temple University. I spent time with Ashley Howard, the new head coach at LaSalle, uh, who I've known since he was probably 13 years old. When I coached wow. him in camp. Wow. Uh, while I was in Philly, I spent time with John Chaney. Uh, you know, Coach Chaney, uh, his mind is sharp as it can be. And every time I leave my time with him, I feel smarter. I, I, I took a page of notes just sitting down talking with him. And then on my way home, I stopped in D.C. and spent two days at the Washington Wizards training camp. And so out of that, if you pick up, whether it's a new drill, a new out-of-bounds play, uh, a new thought on a defensive scheme, um, a way to engage your team in terms of communication, whatever it is, I mean – you get around other people way smarter than me and you pick their brains and you see what other people are doing. And sometimes it's confirmation that something you're doing is good and working. Uh, sometimes it's a new concept and sometimes you see something that other people are doing. You say, you know what, that doesn't fit my program, but it's all good. It's all good information. 24 years at North Carolina Wesley, and then he's going this summer uh, to visit uh, uh, two NBA teams. That's fantastic, Coach, and no wonder why you're ready to go this season and you look as intense as you did uh, uh, back in the day at Guilford. So that's that's fantastic, and maybe the NBA will come uh, knocking on your door here soon. Well, I, I'm not uh, not worried about that. I'm <laughs> worried about Guilford College two nights from now. That's right. Coach, uh, so much of your mission and what you're doing is about leadership. You know, the name of this program is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Uh, and, in, and in checking out the work you're doing, uh, you guys started with all of there, the Wesleyan Academy of Athletic Leadership. 
um, not look fantastic on the website and in developing young athletes. Tell me about that program. What is that program about? Yeah, I guess about 10 years ago, we started that here. Uh, it's for athletes in all sports. And it's really geared to enable the people involved in the program to be better leaders on their team, better leaders on our campus, better leaders in the community, and we hope better leaders upon graduation, wherever they go in the communities that they live in. And uh, in the short term, what we hope is that uh, if there was a meeting tonight, they would learn something tonight that would make them a better leader on their team tomorrow. Uh, that comes through a variety of uh, deliveries. We have speakers come in. We have small group projects. Uh, we have video stuff. Uh, there's a variety of ways. Uh, we've had people from athletics. We've had people from the military. Uh, we've had people from uh, city government, all types of different folks come in and present to that group. And, uh, you know, we hope that it's having a positive effect. We, we believe that it does. Well, I think it's great that you're finding ways to develop leaders, right? And we talked about in, in uh, your mission, uh, you know, with your players, but uh, that's fantastic that you're doing that for your student athletes. Thanks. We're, we're excited about it. Cool. Coach, uh, I know you have a game coming up here. Um, before we get to our rapid fire, you know, kind of 24 years, is there something on the horizon there that maybe when your time at Wesleyan does come, you say, you know what, I do want to give the NBA a shot, or I do want to think about writing my own book. Is there something there that that kind of been on the horizon that you're looking at saying, I'm, I'm going to get that done here in the next five or ten years? Right. Well, uh, a couple of things. One, uh, any time that someone has asked me, and, and this is going back many years, any time that someone asked me, how long do you think you want to coach? I always said the number 70, uh, and I'm not really sure why. I just thought that was a realistic goal that I would like to coach until I was 70. Um, now, uh, I guess maybe it was two years ago, Vin Scully retired as the announcer for the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah. And at the time, he was 87. So that's my new goal. <laughs> so I want to coach until I'm 87. I want to be like the Vin Scully of basketball. So, you know, hopefully that's at Wesleyan. That would be great. If it takes me somewhere else, you know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I want to coach. That's, that's what I love doing. Uh, it's what I'm passionate about. Um, and I hope that I have the opportunity to coach for many more years. Uh, there is, uh, there's a book in my head. Uh, and I do have a couple of really good friends uh, one who has written a couple of books. Uh, he's actually a Guilford guy. You may know Sporty Geralds, uh, okay. who played for Coach Jensen, uh, graduated, I think, around 82, um, but former general manager of the Charlotte Coliseum, and he now teaches in the graduate program at the University of South Carolina. He's been very encouraging to me, as well as a couple of other guys, Chris Adams, who's in the uh, hotel management uh, business, and uh, he's been very encouraging. So there is a book kind of swimming around, and I've 
dabbled with a little bit. I, I hope that I can uh, dedicate a little bit of time and maybe get that done. Good. Samia. Yeah. Um, well, I wish you good luck with that. And uh, again, just listening to you talk, I know it'll be a, a great book. And, uh, you know, I, 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 sign me up. Coach, before we get to uh, the rapid fire here, again, our, our listeners or viewers here on uh, Be Live here on Facebook, you want a, a question for Coach? We have a few more minutes. Uh, I know he's got practice here coming up, uh, but we do want to interact with our audience, and uh, you guys can put those questions in now if you are watching live. Certainly, if uh, you don't get them on the show, you want to reach out to us afterwards. Coach, how can people best get in touch with you? Uh, what would be the best way for people to do that? Well, it, you know, in multiple ways. Uh, social media, uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, uh, both of those, uh, at Coach J Thompson one uh, And then uh, email address is jthompson at ncwc.edu so cool. be happy to hear from any of the listeners let's get to the rapid fire coach last book you read uh, the last book i read was actually a reread uh, i was motivated by one of my players who was doing a, a report here in, in school but I, I went back and read the winner within uh, mm -hmm. by riley uh, outstanding book enjoyed that uh the first and the second time. And I've just started Principles by Ray Diallo, mm. uh, just getting into that. So I, I haven't gotten very far yet. I got it on Audible. So let's connect after the season and see how we did. Sounds great. Last movie you saw? Uh, Black Klansman. I took my twin boys. Black Klansman. Yeah, I would like to get to more movies uh, with my wife and with the boys, but uh, it doesn't happen very often. Valentine's Day's coming up. I know Laura would love for you to take her out for a nice romantic dinner and movie. She would. You know, like my birthday, unfortunately, it falls in basketball <laughs> season. And there are many times where Valentine's Day gets pushed back a little bit. And it, it also happens to be my anniversary. Whoa. <laughs> you got a lot during the hoop season, man. That's tough. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Favorite place to travel? Uh, two places that you're familiar with. One is your home, New York City. I love New York. Uh, enjoy my time there always. And, and Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia. Cool. You always had that New York swagger, even though you're a native North Carolinian. <laughs> you can tell I, your players. I was trying to learn from you. Yeah, yeah. Best thing about being the head coach at North Carolina Wesley. Uh, that's easy. The players who I have coached and the players that I coach right now. And there might not be one. I don't want to get you in trouble. What's the, what's the worst thing? Or what, let me, let me rephrase that. What's the greatest challenge? What's something that is tough for you to, uh, in that position? Well, if you said the worst, I would say any loss. Um, you know, Pat Riley said there's winning and there's misery. Um, and, and losing is miserable. So that's that's the worst thing. There's there's so much good here. I don't know if there's um, a particular challenge. I think it, what we've already talked about time, um, and that could be time uh, managing between uh, you know coaching and recruiting, or uh, managing facility time. Uh, time is always a challenge, but that's probably true most any place. Yeah. 
three most important qualities of a coach? I think uh, trust, um, leadership, and uh, probably your ability to build relationships. I talked a little bit about when I first met you in the opening uh, segment there, and I mean, you, you've you know honed that craft and ability to be able to talk to parents and student athletes. And uh, uh, I would love to watch you, you know, recruit these days because I, I know you're good at it. Well, you know, the reality is, I mean, again, going back to what you said at the very beginning about authenticity, I think you you got to be who you are, you got to be real. Um, you know, if you have a shtick and you're a salesman, you're not really building a real trusting relationship that uh, is going to last like the one that you and I had. Uh, you know, we talked to our guys about this not being a four-year decision, picking a college, picking North Carolina Wesleyan to play basketball. It's not a four-year decision. It's a 50-year decision. And that what his experience will be here over the next four years is setting him up for the rest of his life. And, uh, you know, and I've told players before, like if, you know, if you're a guy who doesn't really want any kind of an intimate relationship with your coach, uh, if you don't want a guy who's going to ask about your family or ask about your girlfriend or, you know, doesn't want to know what's going on, like this is probably not the place for you. Uh, I want a place where a guy's going to just come in, stick his head in, say, hey, coach, you got a few minutes and sit down and just talk for no reason and nothing to do with basketball except he just wants to talk. I remember doing that many a time. As nice. do I. Yeah. Coach, a little bit about refereeing. What do you think are the most important qualities of uh, an official? Yeah, I think uh, commitment. Uh, guys got to be really committed. Um, you know, like I see a lot of guys in the summer doing the camps and all. Like you got to really be – uh, passionate about your craft and you got to be committed to being good at it. Um, clearly, I'd like to see a guy who's competent, who is confident and competent, knows the rules and, and uh, feels confident about carrying those things out. Um, I like guys who communicate. Um, and I'm not sure what kind of directives you guys are getting these days. I, I, I think maybe you're getting some directives that maybe less communication with the coaches is preferable. Um, but I have always found that if, if, if I can talk to a guy, and I'm not talking about ranting and raving, but if I can talk to a guy, I may not agree with him all the time, but we'll be fine. Uh, but I like a guy that I can ask a question to or simply uh, get his view on something. Uh, so I think communication is is really important. Well, you might have just answered that. So what's the, the flip side of that? What's your biggest pet peeve of an official? You know, I, I'd like to say I don't have a pet peeve, really. Clearly, communication, if a guy is non-communicative or adversarial, right out, like, I, you know, on a few occasions, I mean, really, probably less than five in 24 years as a head coach. But as soon as I ask a question, like guys running in front of my bench and I say, 
hey, was that not a foul down there or whatever? And he turns around like I have just committed a crime and, you know, says, you know, shut up, coach. I'm not going to listen to it. Come on. Now. Like, uh, you know, that would that would definitely be a pet peeve. Yeah. Uh, and I think I've established uh, certainly among officials that I may see year after year uh, a rapport that that I wouldn't get that type of response. Um, and the other thing that I, I would say, I haven't seen this in years, but I would say my first year or two as a head coach, we had a couple of guys who might call uh, Duke Wake Forest the day before and then call our game the next day. And we might not get the same effort. Uh, I haven't seen that in years, but I did see it early on, and I would be peeved about that. Yeah. Your game is just as important to you as it is to the Duke Wake Forest players. Without question. Absolutely. Yeah. You said it. Absolutely. Um, coaches, it might not be a short answer here, and I'll give you a little leeway. Besides your job and your family, what is something that you're most proud of? Uh, I'm most proud of seeing the people that I'm associated with do well, uh, whether it's players that we have graduated. Uh, you know, I've got uh, guys like Cornelia Snow and Justin Griffith and David Gerganis, who are all college coaches now. Uh, we've been fortunate that since I've been here, we've had 13 guys who wanted to play some sort of professional basketball. We've got guys who have gone on to own their own businesses uh, to be successful. And, you know, Josh Walker's a high school coach at his alma mater at high school down in Florida, Seminole High School. Uh, you know, seeing those guys do well, seeing what they've become as young men, uh, th that's exciting. And then guys, you know, I mentioned Chris Carrawell and Nate James. I've known those guys since they were 18 years old. They're now both assistant coaches at Duke. Uh, seeing the path that seeing them succeed. I mentioned Ashley Howard before. When I went up to work Coach Cheney's camp all those years ago at Temple University, he was in the camp. He was a, about a 12 or 13-year-old camper. And seeing him now progress, uh, he's been on Jay Wright's staff at Villanova, won a couple of national championships. Now he's the head coach at LaSalle. The thing that I'm most proud of is seeing people that I have an association with become successful. Awesome. Awesome, Coach. Coach, how about a quote? You get, dropped a lot of knowledge here today, uh, just tremendous stuff. How about a favorite quote? Is there something uh, that you'd like to leave our listeners with as well as a book recommendation? Well, quotes, I, I send out quotes every day uh, via my social media stuff and to pick one out of the, I don't know how many thousands of quotes I may have shared over the years would be virtually impossible. So I'm going to share two though. Uh, first one uh, by a philosopher from the French Revolution, uh, Michel Montagne, uh, who said, I quote, my, I quote others to better express myself. And, and that's really what I do when I share um, quotes from Abraham Lincoln or Martin Luther King Jr. or Larry Bird, uh, I'm sharing thoughts that hopefully help my players or others around me better understand kind of where my mind is. Uh, 
and then the other quote comes from one of my favorite buildings. I mentioned one of my favorite cities is Philadelphia. Um, the Palestra, one of the great arenas on earth. Um, there's a plaque inside the Palestra that says, to win the game is great, to play the game is greater, to love the game is the greatest of all. And, uh, you know, I've been really fortunate that for a lifetime, I've been able to love the game and be part of the game. And uh, so that quote has a special place in my heart. You've done all three of those. No question. Hey, if you're Philadelphia, people are listening uh, get the show. I got to have a little North Carolina Wesleyan uh, Philadelphia team matchup in the Palestra next year. How about that? That would be great. That would be great. <laughs> you know, we've been to Philly uh, several times since I've been at Wesleyan. Okay. And uh, when Coach Dunphy, the current Temple coach, was at Penn, and now with Coach Donahue there, they've both been so gracious, and we've practiced at the Palestra uh, every year that we've gone up there. I think okay. now times maybe five over the years great great well i know brooklyn might be in the in the plans for next year but uh maybe it might have a stop in philly that would be great as well cool coach before we let you go how about a book recommendation something that you would recommend to our listeners uh i know you mentioned the pat riley book uh what what might be a book recommendation well you know again they're kind of like quotes with me there's so many great books that i've read uh i'll just throw a few things out there Values of the Game by Bill Bradley. Uh, not even sure if that's still in print, so you might have to hunt a little bit, but definitely a great read. Um, one of my favorite non-basketball books is, uh, it is long and it's not an easy read, but Team of Rivals by Doris Kearns Goodwin uh, about Abraham Lincoln and how when he became president, he filled his cabinet with all of his rivals, all the people that he beat in the primaries and in the general election, because he wanted the best ideas from everyone. And he wanted uh, not everyone to always be on the same page, that he wanted differing views to come up with the best view overall for our country. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting read. Nice. Nice. Coach, this was great. I know it's your birthday. I know you got practice, and uh, uh, so we got we got to roll here. But uh, it was really great to connect with you. Uh, you did a great job. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. Congratulations. Hey, listen, congratulations on all you're doing. I'm so proud. You know, when I was listing all those people, I'm proud of. Well, you're you're one of them as well. Uh, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Right back at you, Coach. Best of luck and uh, happy birthday. My best to your family. Uh, Laura, I did try to get you Valentine's Day there, so uh, maybe we'll get a little flex in the schedule. Hey, my best to your mom as well. <laughs> my favorite moms of all time. <laughs> coach Thompson, everyone. Head coach, Hall of Fame head coach, uh, North Carolina Wesleyan University. Coach, have a great season, and we'll keep in touch. Thanks so much. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.